This episode is brought to you by 511 Tactical, a company that I've used for over a decade since they supplied the uniforms for Anaheim Fire when I worked out in California. And they have partnered with the Behind the Shield podcast to offer you, the listener, 15% off not just a single purchase, but an ongoing discount every time you shop at 511tactical.com. And I will give you the discount code in a moment. I just want to go on a kind of product focus for a second. In episode 125 of Behind the Shield podcast, I spoke to podiatrist Dr. Mike Donato, um, and we discussed a concern that I've had, which is the footwear uh, for first responders. If you're a firefighter, obviously, if we're doing an extrication, if we're fighting fire, our bunker boots are definitely the best things. They offer a high level of protection. But the day-to-day calls, the EMS calls, all those kind of areas, they are absolutely overkill, some of the boots that we are being given. And I wanted to find a kind of happy medium between protection and comfort as a lot of these heavy, heavy boots are causing uh, overuse injuries, knee pain, ankle pain, back pain. And 5.11 Tactical has come up with a shoe called the Norris Sneaker. Now, this has the feel literally of, of a skate shoe. It's incredibly comfortable. It has puncture protection on the bottom. It has the toe protection on the front, but they've taken a lot of the weight away and made it far more comfortable. And I think many of us will admit that as an alternative to duty boots, we turn to sneakers, which are also very comfortable, but really don't offer any protection. So this is a great happy medium between the two. If you want to see this, as I said, it's called the Norris, N-O-R-R-I-S, sneaker. Go to 511 Tactical, and that discount code that I was talking about is SHIELD15, S-H-I-E-L-D-1-5. That will be applicable for all of your purchases. The only time that's not going to work is when they have an additional sale that's actually going to be higher. So if they're offering a 20% or 25% off, obviously that 15 is going to be invalid because you're going to get even more off. So for the Norris sneaker and all the other things that I'm going to showcase that I personally use, I'm not going to start talking about things that I don't use, but the products of theirs that I think they're amazing, um, go to 511 Tactical, put in Shield 15, and save 15% every single time. Welcome, guys, to episode 280 of Behind the Shield podcast. As always, my name is James Gearing, and this week I am so excited to bring on the show Bethany Hamilton. Now, what makes it even more amazing is that she's about to embark on an international tour promoting her new film, Unbreakable, and I was able to catch Bethany right before she left. The film in itself, I cannot recommend it enough. I actually watched it yesterday and I watched it again today. Not only is Bethany's story incredibly powerful, but also the cinematography is beautiful in this film, so you must watch that. So in this conversation, I want to explore the space between the lines, her stories being well documented, especially some of the tragedy of her early life. But we went into fitness, into nutrition, into her mindset, what made her so successful not only as a youth athlete, but then post-injury as an adaptive athlete competing alongside non-adaptive athletes. So it was an incredible conversation. I feel that we covered a huge amount of topics in the time that we had. Before we get to the interview, as I always say, go to the podcast app that you listen to this on and subscribe to the show. Leave feedback. I love reading your feedback, but most importantly, leave a rating. The more five-star ratings we get, the more visible this project is to people that are looking for it. And then use your social media. This is a free library of incredible people's life stories, philosophies, work, and my goal is to get it to the ear holes of everyone on planet Earth that needs to hear it. And so that entails you, the audience member, as well. The more you share, the more you tell people, the more this grows, the more people learn and change their lives. So with that being said, I introduce to you Bethany Hamilton. Enjoy. 
Well, Bethany, I want to say firstly, thank you so, so much for agreeing to come on the Behind the Shield podcast at such short notice. Yeah, no worries. Glad to be here. And I want to say thank you to Eric Goodman, Foundation Training founder, for connecting us. Yep, I've been nerding out on Foundation lately. So if y'all are looking to get your health and posture and body alignment functioning good, I recommend checking it out. It's amazing. Absolutely. All right. Well, I like to go chronologically. Obviously, I know we've got a time constraint, so I want to make my questions kind of short and sweet. But um, just give me an overview of your parents' background and, and then, you know, your childhood introduction into surfing. Yeah. Um, well, I grew I was born and raised here in Kauai, Hawaii, where I still live. And um, yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's natural to let the ocean be um, a kids playground especially my parents um being that they were surfers and I also had two older brothers who loved being in the ocean as well so yeah I guess we spent more time at the beach than the playground growing up and it created like a just natural love for the ocean and um once I started surfing I just had a knack for it and really loved it and Especially as I got like around the age of eight, then I just um, I started catching waves on my own and just really um, fell in love with riding waves and the challenge and beauty of it. And um, so started to get competitive and um, yeah, my parents were just super supportive of me along the journey and um, just saw all the potential I had and yeah, it kind of cheered me on. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I've talked about with quite a few people from, you know, either a coaching background or were athletes themselves is we see a lot of parents living vicariously through their children. So they, they put them in all these baseball camps, for example. Um, and, you know, a lot of these kids are just, they're not going to get to that highest level. And, you know, there's a certain point where many of them even get burnt out or injured on it. You, however, the anomaly, you're, you're the, the athlete that just had that innate passion and that innate skill and picked up that specific sport so well. So what, one, looking back now, what was it about you and surfing you think that, that was so different than the average, you know, young boy or girl that takes up surfing, but just, just gets to a certain level? Yeah. Well, I think my parents were definitely living vicariously through me, um, <laughs> <laughs> but they also had like a good healthy balance and um, they, uh, yeah, they just supported me in a way that was like cheering me on, but not like too forceful or too pushy. And they kind of let my natural drive um, be like the leader, so to say, I would, like from my vantage point. And then they were just there to get me to the beach. And, um, yeah, and then I think I definitely had a lot of the natural drive um, to be really competitive with it. And, you know, as much as I love surfing, I also loved competing and still do today. Um, I'm just naturally competitive. <laughs> um, so that kind of just was kind of my driver or my leader, um, for the sport. And, and then, um, you know, and I was just to give you guys a background, I was winning like almost every event in my like local community. And then at 13, I was in the national championship finals and finished second in like 18 and under. 
at age 13 or 12, maybe. And so I was competing against high school girls and just, you know, it showed that I was just going to be good, you know. And so when I lost my arm, that kind of um, made everyone question, including myself. Yeah, well, so what I saw from, from you know, the leading up is, is, you know, you had this passion. You also had this fearlessness. And then you had, you know, the incident with, uh, you know, with the attack. Up to that point, the ocean was your your solitude, your safe space, you know, where where you connected with nature. What was that journey like to get back to trust the ocean again and make it your your healing environment after, you know, that one moment? Yeah, I guess um yeah, cuz my world was flipped upside down and I I would touch on too that like I didn't feel really angry at God or I didn't feel angry um, about the situation, but more I immediately felt like just grateful that I was alive and I knew that I could very well have been dead. Um, So I think that helped me a lot um, rather than being caught up in just, um, you know, anger and um, hate and just, yeah, just I think those emotions can really bring you down, and especially when you're in a such life life altering circumstance. Like, I just being grateful kind of led me to just be more positive and um, <laughs> just be able to move forward. And I trusted and hoped that God had more for my life beyond that. And even though it felt like really chaotic and not sure what the future would hold. Um, I just kind of just kept trucking along. And then as I share in like my new documentary, Unstoppable, um, there's a scene where a guy named Mike Coots, who lost his leg to a shark, was like, hey, I went surfing this morning. and It's totally possible to get up with one arm. So he was kind of my, my first like light bulb of inspiration. And once he told me that, I was like determined to get back in the ocean and I guess my fear of like sharks was not as great as like my fear of losing surfing. So yeah, well, you you touched on gratitude, and that was another thing that was poignant from the movie. And and by the way, for everyone listening, Unstoppable is not only such an incredibly powerful story, you know, of which the you know the the, the attack is like a a minute blip in your true life story, but also is so so beautifully shot. But when post-injury, when you talk about being grateful that it wasn't your best friend Alana that was bitten, it it really underlined the power of gratitude. Then rather than looking at, you know, the one thing that you lost, you seem to focus on all the things that you still had. Yeah, and I definitely did. And so as I started surfing... um, once I popped up on my first wave, it was like no turning back. And I was just on a mission to be the best surfer I could be with what I had. <laughs> so like I said, we, we said before, I've got I've had many um, members on here of the adaptive community. And, you know, obviously, you, you talk about your dad putting the handle on. So you're able to duck dive with your first surfboard. But that back then, that was before, you know, what we're seeing now with with the huge adaptive athlete community. What was that physical journey for you, um, again, realizing that you're, you, know, you have to change the way your physicality is 
but finding ways to do it rather than you know the word that that I, you openly say you don't like the disabled word where again you're focusing on what you can't do but you apply what you can do yeah <clears throat> and i was definitely all about just adapting and i i just love the idea of like adapting cuz that has to do with everyone regarding regardless of whether you have a limb difference or a physical difference it's just life dealing with the ups and downs and the challenges and the painful times um just being able to adapt through those and kind of be resilient is so important so um and a lot of that has to do with just the mind like having a resilient and adapting mind um cuz especially as you get older like i notice like how the effects of being negative or um ungrateful or just kind of like doubting myself or my abilities like is so powerful that it can just really hold us back from being our best selves or loving those around us well or um being able to forgive those when they make mistakes or forgive ourselves when we make mistakes um yeah it can just be a debilitating having a poor mindset absolutely well with with that i mean obviously you've got the physical side the mental side were there any kind of types of therapy that you found work better you know to 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 bring you not only the journey out of that initial event but then creating a strong mindset for your athletic career yeah um unfortunately well maybe not unfortunately but i really didn't do anything special um in my younger years, I, I hardly even saw a therapist after I lost my arm, maybe like two times. Um, but I don't think I suffered too much from like post-traumatic stress stuff. So thankfully, I, I don't think that was too much of an issue. Um, but I think just being in the ocean was really healing for me and just knowing that I could still do what I love to do most and, you know, being present is like the ocean and riding waves in particular, when you're up and riding on a wave, it's like the ultimate form of just being present and doing what you're doing. So that was pretty, yeah, it just worked out good for me. And then now in my adult years, um, just as an athlete and a surfer, I, I definitely just kind of focus, try to focus on my strengths. And I do a little bit of um, just kind of mental training, like Affir affirmation sort of stuff like just meditating on my strengths and what I can do and um yeah it seems to be helpful just kind of believing that I can <laughs> <laughs> do you use any visualization at all of the waves that you're gonna you know anticipate getting um I wish I did more of that I do kind of naturally I would say but like I don't have like an intentional like visualization time Right. Now, what about the, the breath hold training? Um, you know, you're featuring in, in the movie Carrying the Rock Underneath, which looks kind of reminiscent of some of Laird Hamilton's stuff. What does your, your physical preparation look like to, to get to the level that you're at? Yeah, I always joke with people that I've been like training since I was, you know, seven years old <laughs> because I would just go and like get pounded in the surf for fun or you know, you'd go to like natural lava rock pools as like with my dad a lot growing up. And um, he and I would like try to swim as far as we could underwater without taking a breath. 
So it's just, and then also like I would go shell diving and just hold my breath while picking shells underwater. So I did all these natural, like kind of playful training growing up. Um, and then all my girlfriends and I would go rock running, um, growing up. And so now I'll just, I'll, I still do some of that stuff, but, um, I'll also just do like normal breath holding, like sitting on the couch or if my husband's driving, like sitting in the car, just holding my breath. Um, <laughs> yeah, cause he's a terrifying driver or is that for training? <laughs> no, for training. <laughs> he's, a, he's a pretty good driver. So thankfully, <laughs> um, but yeah. And then just a lot of cross training. Um, I've changed a lot of how I do things now that I've had two children and just being a lot more gentle on my body, but I also still want to be explosive, so just kind of getting creative with that with um, different trainers. And, um, yeah, I've been dabbling with foundation and um, just trying to keep the fluidity in my movement as well, though. Like, kind of, I don't know, a lot of the stuff I do is, like, very – has, like, dancer, kind of dancer-esque sort of movements um, just because surfing you don't want to be rigid but you want to be flowing and kind of forget what the terms are um, there's terms for it all but be like kinetic flowing movement throughout the whole body <laughs> absolutely well you mentioned um, the, the children as well so a very kind of pertinent thing for me well, a couple of things firstly when you first got pregnant, you know, as people will see when they watch the film, there were some challenges in your performance. But then when you were he more heavily pregnant, you you noticed that actually you were surfing better. So tell me about that that experience, because I think that was a beautiful thing seeing you, you know, I, I'm assuming you were probably six or seven months by that point, yeah. riding some of your best waves. Yeah, it was interesting. That wasn't definitely not part of my plan to get better at surfing while I was pregnant. I guess a lot of people, there's a lot of different opinions about that sort of stuff. But growing up in Hawaii, you're always seeing pregnant women surfing. Like, it's kind of normal. And um, <clears throat> it's not much of a worry. Um, so, yeah, surfing was like surfing while I was pregnant wasn't like really a question, so to say. Um, but the cool thing was, you know, a lot of people don't realize, but I'm almost six foot tall and um, I'm pretty like really naturally strong. And, and then plus I cross train. So I have cross training strength. And so I surf very strong and kind of powerful and like heavy back footed. Um, so when I was pregnant, it kind of forced me to just kind of slow things down a bit and just get more smooth, which was something I wanted in my surfing. It was just hard to like make myself do, but being pregnant kind of just naturally made me do that more. And then, so that was kind of how I got better in that, like, I just got smoother and more flowing, um, and then I try to like keep that going after I got pregnant too, or once I had the baby, just kind of keep that natural approach just a bit more smooth and flowing with the, with the waves. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it struck me as, you know, like you said that there, there's a, you know, polarizing opinions of that. But what I see, um, especially here in the U S at the moment is that it's deemed healthy to put on, you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds during pregnancy 
and not exercise, but it's deemed unhealthy to be in the gym or on the water until, you know, you almost have the child. And I personally think that's completely backwards. Oh my gosh, I was um, I was gonna hold myself back from saying some stuff like that, but <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> like a lot of pregnant women, like just eating whatever they want, just because they think like, oh, I can do whatever I want while I'm pregnant. But really, you should be like eating nourishing, like nourishing healthy foods for your body and for your baby. And you know, these so-called cravings shouldn't be the leader of what you eat, but rather what the best interest in hand for your baby and for yourself while you're growing a little human being. And even that goes into childhood too. Like you hear these comments of like, Oh, kids can get away with whatever eating, whatever, but like they're in the most critical development uh, um, in the younger years. So they should be eating more nourishing and more healthy food than ever um, as children to grow a nourishing, healthy mind and body and just be a healthy human. So there's just like kind of a lot of like kind of lame excuses out there that aren't good for anyone. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. One of the things I'm trying to, I mean, I'm not personally trying to fix, but hopefully being part of the tapestry to fix it is is the the food in the schools. You know, this is the most crucial time to teach kids about food and eating and cooking and, and we're kind of screwing it up. Oh my gosh, I that that's amazing. I love that you're doing that. I'm um, my husband and I are actually planning to homeschool our kids, and I have all kinds of plans to like uh, educate them really thoroughly in health. And I mean, naturally, they'll just learn because that's how we live and eat, and um, that's our way of life. Um, but I want them to have all the knowledge behind it, so that they're driven in their own um, knowledge to take care of themselves as young adults. Absolutely. Now, what are some of your philosophies nutrition-wise to perform at the level that you do? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I just eat pretty whole foody, and um, we eat like grass-fed and humanely raised animal. And um, I personally have been eating like a lot of bone broth and just a lot of veggies and um, some kind of like, uh, what do you call them? Like... Uh, squashes and sweet potatoes and stuff like that like not too much green and yeah it's interesting just kind of going into adulthood um as a woman like it feels harder to kind of just be really slim or whatever even with the amount that I move so I feel like I'm always trying to like work out what's best for me um and energy wise too like I just do so much and I know that I'm pushing my body more than the average kind of human. And so finding ways to support it um, the best I can that empower me to have good energy and good recovery and strength. Right. Well, you you also in the film start realizing areas of surfing, which is a very broad spectrum of styles that you want to improve on which I thought was phenomenal because you didn't just stay you know in your lane um and I mean that in a positive way but you realized that there was aerial and big wave and and um barrel and all these other specialties that you wanted to conquer you wanted to add yet another layer to your already incredible surfing so was there like a a pivotal moment that started that thought process or was it kind of again from that little eight-year-old girl 
Yeah, I mean, ever since I was a young girl, like I was always, I was think I started doing my first airs when I was 12. And I was also like going for barely waves at that age and big waves. So I think I've just always, I've always wanted to just be a really well-rounded surfer and kind of like push myself in all aspects. And it just keeps it really fun too. And like not boring. Like when you just focus on, you know, I love actually surfing little waves too. And like trying to push myself in little waves and like to perform well. Um, but I also love huge waves. Like I just, I love it all. And I love being able to kind of push myself in all areas, whatever the ocean provides, then we just go for it and like have fun with it. Um, so it was cool. Like, being in the filmmaking space, um, it kind of just, we allowed m more kind of freedom to just have the time to put the energy and focus on all these different aspects. Whereas, you know, otherwise I would have been having to do um, other work stuff that would kind of pull from my focus. So making the film just provided that open space to really work hard and push myself in all the different areas of surfing and yeah, it was just so much fun. I just, you know, like for me, it wasn't definitely wasn't about making the film, but it was just like, oh, yeah, let's make the film so I can go on surf trips. <laughs> <laughs> and then even like, like a lot of my drive after have once I found out I was pregnant, I was like, well, should we do this film? And I was like, well, uh, I just want to have like the motivation to keep surfing and pushing myself after I have the baby. So yeah, let's keep doing the film. <laughs> Yeah, well, another, another thing that really struck me about um, the film is you were very vulnerable and honest in the storytelling of it. And there was that moment when you had um, Tobias where you struggled with, with the, the surfing, um, you know, your surfing tract and, and motherhood. And I thought that was probably a, a crossroads that a lot of, you know, mums and dads find themselves where, yeah, of course, a child is, a as you know now, completely changes the way you look at life and, you know, even like time management and that kind of thing. So yeah, what was that yeah. experience for you like? Oh, it was definitely a big adjustment phase and kind of um, just finding the balance is still to this day a continual thing. And, um, but like, it's cool with professional surfing, like my kids can come to the beach with me or they can kind of distract me from my gym focus. Um, and I don't mind that. And I like having them just be a part of my life and be in kind of the thick of it all. And they travel with us a lot too, or they travel with us everywhere just about. So, um, I just love kind of incorporating them into our world and, you know, we'll do kids stuff, but they also come along for mom and dad at a time. So, um, yeah, I think it just makes for a really special upbringing. And if they couldn't be a part of it, I probably wouldn't want to do it all uh, or do as much as I'm doing. But um, thankfully, like my husband and I, we just, we teamwork everything we do. We have a lot, kind of a lot of different facets going on from just, um, you know, I do some motivational speaking, I do um, endorsements, and now we've launched our own online e-course for empowering people to live their unstoppable life. And so we have a lot of different things going on. And then this year, I'm going to be competing full time on the World Qualifying Series as well. So there's just a lot kind of on our plate, but we just kind of like pass the kids back and forth and we have uh, a lot of family who live nearby. So they can drop the kids with grandpa and grandma here and there and 
yeah, it works out good. So um, I just love being able to share life super thoroughly with them. And I would, I want to raise my kids. I don't want someone else raising my kids. So um, I'm thankful that I can. <laughs> that is amazing. And it's, it's a very sad thing, kind of like the, the pregnancy thing we were talking about earlier, when you also hear someone say, well, we've, we have kids now, so we can't travel anymore. You know, whatever it is, I can't pursue this dream anymore. And that's, that's so wrong. Like you can, you can engineer so many situations where you can. It may not be all the time, but my little boy, who you're going to meet in, in a minute, which is brilliant because you're definitely one of his heroes. Um, you know, he's been all around the world because, yeah, you know, I mean, the first time he was six weeks old when I took him home back to England. But yeah, I mean, there's no better way of giving a child a grounding of you know the the humans that inhabit this planet with us than to take them around the world and show them all these other cultures yeah it's it really is special yeah my four-year-old has spent most of his birthdays internationally um and he you know he does great with other kids but he also has a really great ability to um interact with adults and just people of all different backgrounds. So it's cool to just see how he is developing in such a beautiful way to be just an awesome human. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you mentioned the Unstoppable Year. So let's talk about that for a moment. What made you come up with that platform and then tell people exactly what it is? Yeah, well, I've always loved like just encouraging other people. And often I've done that through storytelling, um, my book and, and now my films. Um, and then, um, also I'm pretty present on social media, but I also don't really like social media that much. I just think it's a really dark and kind of awful place for a lot of people and they don't really know why, and they don't know how to set that boundaries for themselves to kind of, um, yeah, just recognize that social media has a really dark, um, impact maybe for a lot, a lot of them. So and I also felt like it's very shallow and I just kind of wanted to create a space that was a really safe because I, I speak to a lot of young people. And so I want it to be a safe and healthy place for kids. Um, so the unstoppable course, we wanted to create that and just empower them, but also equip them to live an unstoppable life and to recognize that they can overcome and to empower them to just be thoughtful humans and in the way they live their life. And so we talk about mindset, um, slowing themselves and being down and being present, um, how to overcome obstacles, um, how to live passionately, uh, how to live healthily. And kind of, it's like this ultimate kind of package of like, it's a year long course too. So it takes, to me to have like true change takes time. So yeah, we're just empowering them through a long year of like really encouraging them in their journey. And um, it's been really fun so far because I've just like hearing the feedback. Um, people are, are definitely going to finish the year with their lives being changed. So that's a big goal of mine is just to change people's lives in a, in a real way that actually is long lasting. Brilliant. Well, I've got my little boy starting on this, so I will let you know how he does. He's he's definitely had some of the challenges, you know, with that a lot of, you know, young kids these days, especially with like you said, social media, and then you know some of the the dangers in the schools. Um, there yeah. there are some stresses on him, so it's so great that he has someone you know who he respects that he can 
you know, watch every day. And, and you mentioned about having other, other inspirational people on there as well. And just give a positive platform that your kids can go to when maybe, you know, on a daily basis, or even if they're not having such a great day, they can go back and listen to some of them again. Yeah. And then we do like the live Q and A so they can like kind of see us each month and ask questions and just kind of get deeper on some of the topics that maybe they're struggling with more than the other topic. And yeah, it's really fun. I love being able to do what I do. And on top of that, still be surfing and momming and wife and yeah, just valuing my family time and travel. And yeah, we're kind of doing a lot of like ultimate, ultimate living. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, another area that you kind of touch on, you just certainly don't, you know, like, um, preach too much about it but faith is obviously a very important thing to you so you know how is that factored into certain areas of your life oh yeah for sure um i i mean definitely when i lost my arm like i already believed in god and i believe that like i understood that like the world wasn't a perfect place and that i i didn't expect my life to be perfect either um so when i lost my arm i think a lot of that kind of led me to be positive and um, be thankful that I was alive and living and, and to be hopeful that there was more than this current chaos that I was facing. And then even to this day, like still, yeah. And just like my Christian faith has definitely taught me a lot about forgiveness too, because God forever forgives us no matter what we're how awful we may be. And I think like in the marriage relationship, especially like being able to forgive your spouse or, you know, ask them to forgive you is like so, so key. And so it's kind of been um, a strong point for my husband. And even though we've only been married now for like, we're coming up on our seventh anniversary, but um, yeah, we're going strong and we love each other and we love doing life with each other. So I feel thankful to like my faith for that. And um, yeah, it carries a lot into parenthood too. And yeah, just overcoming hard times. So <laughs> yeah, well, and also what I've seen, you know, from the outside looking in is your, you're interpreting your faith, you know, in a very, very positive way with the gratitude and the compassion and the kindness. And, you know, that I think is what, no matter what people's faith are, if that's the, the core of what you believe and what you do, then you, you know, you have an incredible faith. Thank you. <laughs> so I got one more question for you, and then um, you know I'm gonna grab my son, and then then we'll let you go. Um, the entire film, there is so much that you're doing that scare a lot of people watching. Whether it's the little girl jumping off the pier, or obviously the attack, or you know the incredible waves that you, that you were surfing despite you know getting smashed into the rocks. What do you do? to overcome fear when you are, you know, in an environment that actually you find yourself actually scared at that moment? Uh, oh, gosh, maybe, I don't know. I, I would say, like, dealing with fear kind of comes really natural to me. I, I don't overthink it, but maybe I kind of face it and just acknowledge that I feel fearful. And then um, from there... I either just head on, go for it, or I don't know, take some breath. I mean, when it's in the ocean, I breathe and just kind of um, talk to myself like, you got this, like, 
you've trained a lifetime for moments like this. So, cause it kind of, I realized that it takes a lot of like kind of ocean power to get me feeling really afraid. Um, but I don't know. I pray, pray about it and just ask God to help me or I'll talk to my husband about it. Um, I think just talking about fear is helpful and like getting another kind of um, someone you trust, like to kind of dig into it. Um, it's cool. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if that'll be helpful for anyone, but um, yeah, just try not to let the fear stop me from going for it. And thankfully, like I'm surfing today at a professional level and I could have very much have let like fear stopped me. So I'm thankful it, I didn't let it stop me from surfing and doing the thing I love to do the most. Absolutely. So, so just to, to kind of look at the subtext, the, the fear is diminished because you have so much faith in your ability and, and the training that you've put in. Yeah. And I think too, just being able to kind of recognize it and know that it's there, but like kind of almost like let it drive me. <laughs> gotcha. Brilliant. All right. Well, um, I'll do, I'll do, ask you this question and I'll go grab my son after we're done, but I'll make sure that everyone listening knows where to find, you know, the, all the stuff online. So. Um, so you've got the, the film has come out. It's been out in America since June. I think it was an incredible film. I tell everyone listening, you need to watch this, this film. Um, then you have the unstoppable year. Where can people find you and all this content online? Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Unstoppable is out. Um, unstoppable. My documentary is now out. Like it's going to be online and Netflix and all the online spaces. So you can watch it from your couch. Cause I personally am too lazy to go to the theater. And it was in the theater for a short time, so that was cool. And then it's actually going to be releasing internationally this year, so I'm excited about that. And um, otherwise, you can find me uh, at bethanyhamilton.com or at Bethany on social. So, yeah, thanks, everyone, for hearing, hearing me out. <laughs> <laughs>